Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on on the Broomstick. Thank you for joining us. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that we have had a lot of emails on and a lot of comments. People are always looking for community, looking for covens, looking for other pagans in real time, in real life, and the difficulties we've all kind of had finding that community. We've even talked about how both you and I are trying to go, or actually you're more successful than I am at this point, but trying to find that community in a new location. In our other podcast, I think I talked a little bit more about my search when I had moved here to New York looking for people and how excited I was when I saw a coffee time coming up for a coven called Circle of the Green that sounded amazing. And my absolute joy when I met them and it worked out. It was fabulous. This is a coven that has been established in the Rochester area for over 20 years and has been very successful, has worked with other groups in the community. So today we are lucky enough to speak to my high priestesses. We have Wendy and Kelly from Circle of the Green. So ladies, if you would please introduce yourselves. Absolutely, it's nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. My name is Kelly and I am the high priestess and co-founder of Circle of the Green. Thank you for being here. Thank you again. This is very exciting to come on here. Um, my name is Wendy. I am the co-high priestess of Circle of the Green, and I have been involved with the group for over 18 years. Welcome to both of you. And and I am so excited about this because mm-hmm. Layla and I have been kind of talking about this in and out in almost every episode lately. We've both had a struggle and Layla's further along in the process than I am, but I'm excited that there are people who want to still have physical covens, do ritual and magic in person, and have that connection. Because having done it both ways, years of solitary work, years of coven work, there is something to be said with making magic with a group of people. Absolutely. And I I think the last few years with everything kind of having a trend of going online and doing things less in person has been a good way to expand your group and to meet lots of people and learn lots of things. But we all still kind of crave that personal connection. Everyone's still craving that in-touch community. And I hear that repeated. Everyone's looking for something. But if you ladies wouldn't mind, maybe tell us a little bit about how you started or why you started Circle of the Green and a little bit about the coven. Sure, absolutely. So years ago, way back in the late 90s, I had discovered this path. And back then, you're old enough to remember, the internet was not what it was like it is today. So it took a lot of searching, a lot of going into metaphysical shops, asking questions, hoping for an opportunity to meet with like-minded people, take some classes at our local metaphysical shop. I met some folks who at the time would have been considered elders in the community And they were open to allowing myself and the co-founder of the group to meet with them on a regular basis and 
I don't want to say train, but learn from them um, and practice with them. And they were very welcoming, very welcoming. Um, but at one point, you know, we'd be meeting with these folks and we're like, you know, this is wonderful. And I'm so glad I met this person. I've learned so much, but this, this didn't quite feel right. Mm -hmm. So after having those experiences and starting to really see what, you know, what a group could be like, we were all talking and we, we said, you know, why, why are we searching for a group? You know, we haven't quite found the right fit. Why don't we just make our own group? And we sat down and we wrote the bylaws and we had um, really put the format of what we wanted to see. We came up with the, the name green because it meant so much to us, you know, the heart, Anahata. It meant, you know, the green of the forest, things like that. Um, it had so much meaning. So um, that's really where Circle of the Green came about. So we had some amazing people who really helped us on the journey, helped us learn like what a coven could be, helped us learn just about you know, the craft and, and our, where we wanted to go. But at one point we decided, you know what, the only way we're truly going to find what we're looking for is to create it. And we did 20 years ago. That is so, so much a mirror image of mine and Leo's story. It truly is the whole, Hey, all of our friends were doing moon rituals. And one day Layla and I were like, Hey, why don't we just take all of our friends create a coven and off we went yep. yeah yep. took a bunch Absolutely. of solitaires and and decided to we wanted things to be slightly Structured. different like you said it, they, we found wonderful people to work with to learn from to to worship with but it, it wasn't exactly what we were looking for and so that was the nice thing about being able to start our own coven and and i think that for us we had several years of really high highs and some low lows but you know teaching and going to you know festivals and doing workshops and yep. you know it, it was it was a lot of work there was a lot of work there and and i don't know about your guys's experience but for us we would have coven meetings and they would be hours of work going over bylaws going over lesson plans going over you know every little detail and it you know to be honest i I get giddy every time I say my high priestesses because I adore you guys, but also because it's not me <laughs> because <laughs> I, it's a lot of work to run a coven. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. it. It's definitely a labor of love. It has to be to have done it for this long. I am equally excited to kind of take that step back and go from high priestess back to initiate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, there's, there's no pressure. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny. I agree with you. And when we first started, it was tough, right? We did every festival. We closed every pagan pride day around. We did classes. Um, we would, there was NEC at Wicca at the time, which is Northeast Council of Witch Witches. We would go to those meetings. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's like another job, right? But yeah. there was also magic in the moments because the first time you start practicing as a coven, you're like, oh my God. God, the energy, it's so different, right? And it's so strong and the consistency of it. So yeah, definitely, definitely difficult, more difficult than we anticipated, but then also definitely the magic was there, which was incredible. But I will say, um, as we've gone over the years, I think the reason we've made it 20 years and money can certainly give her input as well, is we learn to relax. 
and not be so have to have this and be this way because quite frankly that that didn't work for people in our group like we are a bit more relaxed it's a more of a this is our lives it's not just um putting together a, a group it's it's living it every day and really becoming a family so we we used to do our meetings where everyone must be here we get together on a sunday morning and we're going to go through this list of things that we need to accomplish we still accomplish things and you know sometimes we'll do it through zoom call um but we've relaxed a lot and the other component to that too is our circle is a bit different. We don't view hierarchy as a lot of other covens would. So yes, Wendy and I are the co-high priestesses, but that's because there does have to be a leader. If there's yes. no leadership at all, nothing will ever get done. Oh, especially um, not in a pagan group because we'll no. all go off on our own directions. <laughs> <That's> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a leader, but but truly the way we work, we view everyone as a priestess and everyone has that power and that magic within them and when there are important decisions to be made like when Layla we wanted to talk about having you join our coven it wasn't just Wendy and I having that conversation when you met with us that first day you noticed the whole stone circle our inner circle came to meet you they all Mm -hmm. were invested they all wanted to see who are these people who are interested and they all have an opinion that opinion we value and we we listen we value and we take it into consideration as a group so it is a little different I think than some other groups Yes, and I'd like to say too that yes, we we have relaxed, but part of that is that we've that in many ways I think we've evolved, right? So when you mm-hmm. we consider ourselves a learning circle, and and when we were first doing that learning, it was a very traditional curriculum, like you might go to class, and then the the more that we grew in our craft, the more that we grew as teachers, and the more you know we had families, we realized that teaching can can take a lot of different forms. And it's a lot more organic on how it's done now. Uh, the way that we teach in the group is similar to how I raise my children in this faith. Uh, you learn by doing, you learn by going, you learn by explaining in those meaningful moments. So, you know, we've relaxed because that's how you have to manage life is to just kind of, you know, ride with the waves. Um, but we haven't lost anything because of that transition. Absolutely. It's a great point. And I love that, again, it, it, sounds so much like what we had Layla with Circle Amara. I mean, right down to being a teaching coven. We had this, this idea of, okay, very much structure, but you know, my house at the time was coven central. I had two very, very small children. So everybody met at my house so I could put my kids to bed and then coven time. And we had to be relaxed because I might have a two-year-old run out in the middle of a heated coven discussion. And, you know, rigidness hurts that family environment, I think. And that is why, you know, I, I understand, like, especially traditional covens, that work, that traditionalism does work for people. But someone like me, I kind of need that relaxed because of the rest of my life. And Shell, that's exactly where we were, we were at. We had young families. We we started, we didn't have children. Wendy did have her child, but the rest of our group, we we were just getting married. We were still, some of us were single. There's still single folks too, but you know, we were just, our lives were evolving. So our coven needed to evolve to stay up with that. 
and we, everyone became family just because, you know, you have a new baby and you can't come out for a while. We weren't going to be like, no, you're out. You can't come back. No, we relaxed. Come when you can, you know, you're always welcome. And if you can't make it, we understand. And I think that's really grew trust and that grew the relationships. And ultimately, I think that's what helps to sustain us over 20 years. I I think that's a huge part of why, because I know a big part of why Amarat broke up was, I mean, people, more people had families. Some of the people that were with us that had been college students moved away, joined other covens. (laughs) Shell, you went through a divorce. And so Coven Central became a difficult place. And, you know, a lot of things happened and life got in the way. But the way you guys did it, you incorporated that right into your circle and, and, allowed your whole lives to stay in that space, in that magical Mm -hmm. space and just kind of incorporate it all in. Whereas I think for Shell and I, after Amarat broke up and we all kind of went our separate ways and got a little less magical, which is why now we're kind of coming back into it after a few years away. For whatever reason, it's been very, very hard to find people in real Mm -hmm. life to connect with. It almost feels harder than the late nineties, honestly, harder to find a group than how hard it was in the nineties. Truly. I can understand that. I think there were a few, you know, we, we would do open portals every year, maybe a couple times a year to allow for new members. If folks were interested, um, because we did recognize that, I mean, just why we started circle of the green people are searching, people need a safe place. But I will say during the COVID, the, the couple of years there where COVID was scary, you know, even we weren't doing open portals anymore and we had to bring our circle virtual for us. That was difficult. We were not virtual people. (laughs) So we had to become virtual people and figure it out, which I think we did a really good job at. Um, But then, you know, after a couple of years, we had to get back together and say, you know what, there are people searching and, you know, we're at a place where we feel comfortable again, opening the doors. And that's when we put out our, our first portal since before COVID. You know, I have to say that it, I think it would be a lot harder now. And and I, I give you two a lot of credit because I would hate to try to find a new uh, community at this stage. And it's not at the stage in my life. For me, it's more about the stage of the internet. So I remember, again, back in the, you know, the the late 90s or whatever it was, you had you had one website you could go to, Witchbox. That's where you went for everything. Right? God bless Witchbox. Yeah. Right, right. You needed to read. You could see everything listed there. Not everything had all the, um, you know, you, you do a search for it now and you're going to get thousands of results, which makes it very challenging to know if you're talking with people that are real or people who are not. And you had some of those concerns back then, too. Right. I mean, I went to a few that were a little bit dicey and you had to be concerned about some safety. But for the most part, it wasn't so inundated you are more likely to make those connections. It would be very overwhelming right now with just as much that's out there. And, you know, I I don't know if um, Layla had told you this prior, but three years ago, I moved to Witch City, USA. Not because of that, but here I am. And I am having a harder time here than I did in rural upstate New York. And it's shocking. But part of it for me, being new to this town, new to the state, I need to make friends and to find a coven. You know, I went to a local store and I inquired and I was told, if you're not from here, you're not going to be welcomed anywhere. 
And like, I was mm. hurt. I feel like I would be an asset to a coven. Finally, believe it or not, Layla found a group for me to inquire with. And I am actually in process of scheduling a meeting, you know, kind of a meeting, a coffee date type thing to see if I can get into a Celtic Welsh tradition coven. But I've been here three years and it took Layla to find my first lead. How ridiculous in which city USA? I can't, if you would have told me in 1998 that in 2023, I would be in Salem struggling to find people to do magic with, I would have laughed at you, but here I am. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, yes, there's a level of, of secrecy for this and not everybody is going to be open to others. And I completely embrace and acknowledge and understand that. But there is a, a different level of gatekeeping now that necessarily didn't exist, you know, 20 years ago that that we shouldn't be elitist about what it is we're doing. We should be cautious, but there is a difference. Yeah, yeah. and I think that in the last 10 years, Everything has been turned into a scam. You don't know now if the person on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, you don't know if they're scamming you or if they're a well-intended real person. Wendy, that that's something that I have heard quite a bit is people are finding covens, online covens that very rapidly become just cesspools of... Altish. Yeah, for all sorts of different reasons. But people are finding these online covens very easily, but it's not really what they're looking for. Or or it's just a group of people who are also searching, who are trying to do something together, which is fine. You know, there's something to be said for people learning and seeking together. You know, that is one of the reasons, too, why you saw our coffee invite that we put out is that we would see that brought us back to reality going, okay, COVID's over. We would see in those groups, because we're in them too, right, watching, and we would see people asking about groups. And a lot of times they're upstate New York, not necessarily Rochester, but we would put it out if you're interested, reach out to me. Some people do, some people don't, but that's why we we put that, that um, open portal out on the internet to see if there was interest in the Rochester area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did get some folks and we had really great folks and we had really great conversation and circle yes. the greens grown a bit. One of the things, too, I know we talked about previously um, before the Internet, before the code, well, not really before the Internet, but before COVID days, where everything became online, um, there was always that kind of fear of, is this group good? Is this group okay? And we had talked a bit where some of us in the local community, some of the bigger clubbins that we knew and we trusted put together a group, Circle of the Tribes to be that place, that source where people could come to and say, hey, I'm interested in a group. And maybe Circle the Green wasn't the right fit, but maybe, you know, one of the other covens were. So we that's been going on a long time, even before the internet, you know, making sure you can find a safe place and somewhere to go. So that was something we did to try to build community. Unfortunately, with COVID and everyone pulling back, you know, that has definitely impacted that. We used to get together every three years, do one giant community ritual, you know, and bring all the folks together. But unfortunately, COVID definitely impacted that. See, one thing I've dealt with here is there are a couple groups that do advertise, but one of them, for example, um, they are kind of vampire based, mm. very open and very willing to to meet new people. But for me, 
vampire magic is not my thing. I applaud them for giving out the open invitation to the public and trying to to build their group, but it's not for me. I needed to find something more along my lines and then don't get me started on the pay to participate. Mm. I understand chipping in for supplies and things of that nature, but I have a big problem with you only open up to the public for profit. So it really is part of who's out there and willing versus what's a good fit. And goddess bless Layla, she found the perfect fit for me. (laughs) I hope so. I'm really looking forward to your tea here because I'm very excited. The coven sounds great. The high priestess sounds wonderful. And I'm very excited for you because I know it's been a couple years of looking. I've done a couple uh, tarot reads on the subject and I think I'm going in a good direction. Nice. Now, this whole topic of community was a topic that we talked about quite a bit at the the festivals that I was at recently. And interestingly enough, it seemed like every third person that I met was from Rochester. And they're all here getting their pagan witchy freak on. And where are they here at home? You know, it, Why it just, aren't you all getting together there? Right, right. I, I think there is a, a distinct lack of not just covens. And I mean, God's bless you guys, because I love that you're here and have been here. But there is a lack of, of covens. And there's also a lack of pagan communities, like the Circle of the Tribes that you mentioned. And the pagan community that we had in the southern tier of New York, Shell, which was... Um, that was every high holiday as you know, that was the whole wheel of the year as opposed to once every three years. And that was a fabulous way for solitaires to find a group and to work with different people. And network to maybe try to get into a yes. group. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave you a chance to see the type of ritual that they would put on because different groups or individuals would pick the, the holiday and, and be in charge of it for that festival. And, and so you could see what they were like and be like, oh, well, you know, this Norse group really sounds like my bag. And so you would talk to them or, you know, these, this very eclectic group is more what I vibe with. And so that was a fabulous way for people to really intermingle and, and become, you know, traditions and groups and circles. And that group has even gone. You know, they did get together for Beltane recently, but that was the first time in five-ish years that they'd gotten together. That's a point I do want to, I want to make. All of this wasn't because of the pandemic. No. This started before the pandemic. So it's not that the pandemic made people afraid to be around others. This was starting long before that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do agree with you. Pandemic, I think, exasperated it, but. Yeah, I do agree with you. Locally in Rochester, we started to see um, a lot of the local shops. The shops were a community, too right? Mm -hmm. These metaphysical shops that open the doors, we used to be there volunteering, we would do a couple rituals a year, other covens would come in and they would, it was funny, we'd meet at Psychic's Time. And the owner of Psychic's Time would be like, all right, who's going to do this one? Circle Rain's got that. Who's going to do this one? Coven of Sago Show's got that. We used to split out the year and all the different groups would contribute. We would do this on our own. We'd, we'd you know, have workings, bring cakes and ale, all that yes. great stuff and invite the community so that people did get a taste to see if maybe one of the groups was a good fit. But also for those solitary folks who maybe don't want to don't want a group, but they just want to get together once in a while. Yeah. Let me so- ask you this. Why did that group stop doing that? 
It was actually the shops and they, unfortunately, they just could not afford to stay open any longer. They, they went under, they had to shut their doors uh-huh. and that's another thing. So it's really scary. And I can't speak to every local Rochester shop, but a lot of those shops that used to be these places where we would meet, where we'd have community, where people would go and ask those questions over the years, even before COVID slowly, one by one, we started to see them shut their doors and there really isn't. We don't have these um, places anymore that we used to have where we'd have these meetings, these community and these gatherings. There are a few metaphysical shops, but it's not the same as it used to be. It's very different. So one thing we did talk about, and I know Layla was part of that conversation. We had an idea where Circle of the Green, we are celebrating 20 years. We actually, it was last Ostara, but we're looking to have a gathering where we invite folks from other covens in which we've, you know, we've been with through the years um, to celebrate our 20 year anniversary. But we also wanted to utilize that as a kickoff of starting to bring people back together and see if other people might want to take the next event, you know, and if you can get that spark going. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Me too. Well, and you know, part of it is, you know, where we are, we're known as the, the city of festivals. I mean, you can't go really a day or two in the summertime and not have a festival going on. So it, it, yes, it's it jazz festival right now. And then fringe yep. festival. And we have, yep. you're not going to have friends participating in fringe festival, right? It's exciting. And we've got, I mean, there's just so many and there used to be more, right? Um, again, prior to COVID, right. We've got the before years. Um, we would have East Ave festival. We would have all of these different things and it's, of all the places we could support something like that here, but it's a lot of work, right? So, I mean, we do talk about how it's uh, it's nice to get together. And it's nice to do these things, but there's a lot of logistical aspects of that. A lot of people who are active in the community also have families and full-time jobs. And it just, it can be, it can be a challenge, right? If not everybody kind of steps up to help make it happen. It's one of the things that's just not going to happen. Yeah, we totally relate to that. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, that's why we were thinking of the that is 100% valid. We're in the same boat. It's everyone's like, what happened to Rochester Pagan Pride? You know, why don't you guys take it? Why doesn't somebody take it? Because it's a lot of work and there's fundraising, it's a non for profit. But that's why we're hoping with the idea of, all right, let's kick it off with a ritual. A ritual is just a ritual, it's not as difficult. Right. It's just get together and do one ritual. We can do it in a local park or if someone wants to do it at their house, it's certainly okay. But that's why we're hoping we can start that spark again, just by a ritual. It's now, not a huge commitment. Random question. How welcoming is Rochester as a whole to pagans, which is like, if you were to go and do say a 50 person ritual in a park, are you getting ridiculed? Are you having protesters? How accepted are the pagans and witches in Rochester? You know, it's, so, a, it's a go ahead, Kelly. Oh, I was just going to say with pagan pride and the, you know, the all of the um, marketing, the promotion of it. There's a lot of awareness, so we would get protesters and get protesters. They were it was they were not very nice, but they never really got physical. From my understanding, I've never seen that. You know, but they yeah. never signs and everything else you know mm-hmm. up there um but there was also a lot of promotion doing rituals we're not promoting it in that same capacity 
it's more of a, you know, almost old school, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing this ritual, maybe post it within the pagan groups, but it's not going to be so public. So I don't think we'd get protesters from there. Not for that. No, that sounds very much like the pagan community in the Southern tier that we were part of. It was invite only. I I wanted to to just quick ask, um, do you guys feel that your coven is something that you can continue to sustain in the environment that we are currently in? I do. The reason why is our coven is, like I said, it's become family. It is more than just a group. You know, we, um, we are our own community within it. Right. Um, I can't, and it's our lifestyle. I, I don't see it going anywhere. The people, and we have layers of commitment. We have our outer circle folks who, you know, can come and go as they please. You know, we you're welcome. And, you know, um, they're welcome to join, celebrate with us. And then we have our inner circle, or we call the stone circle. Um, and those folks are the folks that basically said, this is it. We're lifers. <laughs> we're together. We're family. Your and, core inner rock yeah. solid group. We're not going anywhere. So we love each other. We care about each other. We care about each other's families. Um, we're not going anywhere. Is there competition with covens there? Um, I mean, I think there's certainly there's a, you know, one of our great friends is a coven that started one year after us. So that's always kind of like, well, we got you beat by a year. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't we don't really engage in that kind of talk. I think. What we we've done and what we look for is, and with Ronsi, you had mentioned a, another high priestess of another organization, um, you know, and other folks too throughout the pagan community. What we've tried to do is really just come together, right? Like if I find someone, if someone comes to me, honestly, we had someone did come to us. We are a group that's very family focused. We have children. Um, sometimes those kids are going to run around and they're going to be in and out and, we're very open to that and open to their energy. But there are some folks that just want to practice in an adult coven. Someone right. had come to me recently and they were looking for an adult coven. So I was, I, you know, geared them in the right direction of where they might want to go. Um, obviously, we're not a great fit. Um, and they do the same. Other folks do the same. I just met with a woman who is in Wendy too. We met with her a couple weeks ago, who she was directed to us from another local coven. You know, they had listened to her, what she was looking for. They said, you know what? We think Circle of the Green would be a great fit for you. So they directed her in our direction. So we we try to work together with the folks that we know um, to help find the right fit, the right people for the right groups and hopefully provide a safe place. So I actually don't feel that competitive. I don't personally feel that competitive, like um, feeling amongst the groups. I totally agree. And I think one of the reasons for that is we're not trying to become a mega church, right? We would rather have two or three or four really good fits than the vast number of people. And a lot of the other leaders in the community feel the same way. So it, it, it helps us grow the way that we need to. Quality, not quantity. Exactly. But Wendy, I, I wanted to ask you something. So here I am. I'm getting ready to have a coffee meet here in the next week or so. I am going in, much like Layla did, kind of the quote-unquote 30-year veteran. What should someone like me, and I know I'm not meeting and greeting with, with your group particularly, but in general, what should someone like me expect out of this because I have a little anxiety because I feel like I was 
19 when I was on the side of the coin. Yeah. And I don't want to say I'm scared. I mean, I'm not scared, but I, 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 I'm a little apprehensive. Like, what should I expect from a coven like yours? And I'm sure our listeners would like to know, too. When you say, let's set up a coffee meet and see, like, what should I expect? What, do, what are we talking about? What are we doing? Like, give me a little info about that, Wendy. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were meeting with us, right, it would literally be first, let's pick out our coffee and our snacks because we're not going to do any of this without our solid foundation (laughs) of caffeine and sugar. Okay. Because we are real and we are humans and this is our life. And Kelly and I and everybody else in the group, we don't have anything to prove to anybody else. So you're not going to get a lot of that hierarchical type of thing that that you're going to normally see. I don't want it to feel like a job interview. Is that what meeting covens is nowadays? That's what I'm looking to find out. Wasn't yeah, with them, I mean, it was not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not with us because what we look for, and I can't and I can't say obviously what everybody is gonna look for, but right. I will say if it's somebody who's worth giving their energy to, they better be somebody who's willing to share their energy with you first to see if it's gonna be a fit. And mm-hmm. you will know almost right away if that's true. Like you, you'll find out relatively quickly if you're going to jive. Um, so, you know, for us, it's having the conversations about here's a little of our history. Here's a little bit about us. It's a very organic conversation, similar to what we're having here. So you um, don't really have like a list of questions that you show up with and like you're checking them off as you go. No, for us, it's like the generic, what made you interested to come here, right? Just that's probably the closest to the job interview that I care about is I want to know your interest. I want to know what you want to get out of a group and that'll help us decide if this is going to be a good fit, right? Because if if they want somebody who wants to come over every Sunday and study for six hours, love that energy. That's not us. Um, but if you want to have real conversations where you can learn in an organic nature and while making homemade play-doh <laughs> while making homemade play-doh and slime before it was cool we're probably the people for you so my suggestion to you is and i'm sure you already know this but go and being your authentic self because if you're not you can't do this work with others if you can't be right it's not just about them interviewing you this is your opportunity to ask your questions to make sure they're the right fit for you too. That's how we, when we want to hear from them as much as, you know, um, we want to learn about them. We want to tell them about us and we want to make sure like they would feel comfortable. Like this is who we are. I feel like I'm going on a date. And I love that you said that it's an interview on both sides because it really, really is. I think one thing for our listeners you know, we do have a lot of of baby witches um, out there, a lot of a lot of new folks to to witchcraft and paganism. And you you want to make sure that when you are going and chatting with new people and, and trying to find your fit, remember, it's not just the energy and it's not just the personality. You really are. I don't want to say looking for new best friends, but these types of groups, they are families. They become families. They become best friends. I mean, all of Circle Amra, all this started because Layla and I met playing spades in the college cafeteria. And I was like, hey, you're into witchcraft. You're into witchcraft. And the next thing you know, let's do a moon ritual. Let's do spells. You know, and it really is almost like finding a new group of friends, not just a magical group. 
but a new group of friends. And if you're not looking at it that way, maybe you're not a good fit because these environments, they become your family, they become your best friends. And the most important thing is that you are getting that kind of best friend connection, not just, yeah, I can hang out with these people and do a moon ritual once a month. You have to be invested in the relationship with these people, not just the magic. Agreed. I wanted to ask if uh, either of you, Wendy or Kelly, um, or even Shell, if you've heard of something called the Seeker's Bill of Rights. No. This is something that I've only recently found, and I kind of love it. Um, I do recommend anyone that's looking for a coven kind of look into it. This was written by Charles Mars uh, to protect and educate those seeking a pagan path. And it's basically things like you have the right when you're looking for a coven or a group to work with to verify their credentials. You have the right to anonymity, financial stability, the right to sexual freedom, the right to physical well-being, you know, different things like that. Because you should consider these things when you ask to join a coven, whether it's virtual or in real life. You should be paying attention to what do they stand for and and who are they? What kind of magic do they practice? If you're not right. into sex magic, don't get in a sex magic coven. That's a very, that's a very good point. But um, so I guess with the Seekers Bill of Rights, you know, you guys were very good about having the in-person um, meetup and, and having the questionnaire. But is there anything else that you would recommend to people seeking a group? What I have done um, before I have my tea meet, because, oh my God, she wanted to have a tea meet. And I was like, this is perfect. I hate coffee. I love tea. Meant to be. I looked up their group. I looked up their tradition. As much as I'm into the whole Celtic, Gaelic, Welsh thing, I had never actually heard of their specific tradition. I looked them up. I researched them. Do your research, people. We all got phones. We all got computers. We all got Google. I feel like I did my due diligence by looking into them just as much as they're going to look into me. So yeah. I'm not going to my meet and greet kind of blind. I know a good amount of information about them going into it. So research, do your research. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if, if you're somebody who, who is comfortable in the, in the path and have been doing it for a while, um, make sure that you have those questions about what resonates with you to see if that resonates with others. But if you're new to the path and you don't know what those uh, questions even are because we've worked with people who are brand new and they just know that they've got a, a pull at a drawing and they don't know that, be honest about that too because you're not necessarily going to be able to, to learn otherwise. But if you're honest about it, you can kind of vet out if this is a group that's going to be willing to teach you, to embrace you, and to mentor you, or if it's got a little bit more of a standoffish feel. So kind of know what you're looking for, even if you're new on what it is that you would like your community to look like, and then ask those questions when you're, when you're meeting. As well as, as well as what you're drawn to. Um, you know, like I said, there's an open group here in Salem uh, that practice vampire magic. I didn't reach out because that ain't my thing. You know, kind of also keep in mind what you're drawn to. See, I agree with that too, Shell. Um, we do we do have a website so people can learn about our group. Other important thing I, I believe, something that's helpful, is understanding what that tradition is and and seeing how those people practice. So Layla, you, are, you may remember when we met with you, that was great. We connected. We're like, yes, we definitely feel a connection here. We loved your story. It was very similar to our story. 
But the next thing we did is invited you to a ritual. We wanted you to come, you know, spend some time with us, be in circle with us, make sure it's Feel that magic. See if that feel. Yep. I didn't immediately add her to our Facebook group or anything like that because I didn't want her to be uncomfortable if she joined us and came and then said, wait a minute, this is not for me. But if the group is willing to let you come to an open, I would definitely recommend that so you can spend some time with them, feel their energy, see if it's a good fit for you before you make that commitment that you want to circle. Yes. And conversely, if anyone asks you to sign something to lock you down right away before you get a chance to do run! that, that's a red flag. Yeah. Run! Run. I see lots of, yeah, we're all saying run. That's a big red flag. Nobody should ask you to do something that's uncomfortable or should ask you to sign your life away right away. No, sign your life away, giving blood or anything like that. Right. Yeah. They shouldn't ask you to break the law. You shouldn't have to have sex with anyone. You shouldn't have to do anything like that. You should just be able to get to know them and go at your own pace. And my biggest pet peeve, you shouldn't have to pay a big fee. Thank you. Yes. Like you said earlier, Shell, putting in a little money towards administrative costs. There's always porta potties. There's food. There's candles you have to buy. Of course, having a little donation is one thing. Yeah. But financially supporting someone or big donations, another red flag. Yeah. I will say what we've always done is, you know, when everyone's here in circle, Wendy noticed up, we're low on candles because I have the coven steadier at my house. So she'll grab candles or I might know we're going to need something for ritual. So we've always made it into a group effort. And I think I saw on something about a small donation and I brought money that first time and you told me, no, (laughs) I gave you money and you're like, no, just hold on to that. It's no problem. So that was really nice. I thought that was pretty cool and definitely a green flag. I thought we will never say no to snacks though. So you're always welcome (laughs) to bring the cookies or the cupcakes or, uh, you know, the drink. That we will never turn away when you come over. I do have to say, you guys have always liked my snacks. I pride myself mm-hmm. on bringing good treats. So <laughs> now, for folks that are in um, mid to northern New York in the Rochester, Buffalo area, when is the next time they could have an opportunity to come to an open ritual with you folks? With Circle of the Green, um, you know, we are going to have our 20 year anniversary. That's probably going to be folks in the community invite only. Um, But I would say if there's interest, you know, certainly reach out to us. Um, We're happy to, we're, we're very welcoming. We're happy to people to join us if they want to, you know, join us for one of the, the many holidays, if they want to just celebrate with a group, we're very welcoming. So I, I would say definitely reach out to us. And I'll give everybody, I'll give everybody a d- update because when I come to Rochester, I'm going to weasel my way into one of these folks' rituals. Well, I'll be oh, honest with you. Of course, going to invite you virtually. You're telling me about yes. this in Salem. I was going to say we do have some members that have left the state of New York that still join us once in a while virtually. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, your experience will be a little bit different, right, obviously, right. but you'll still at least have that opportunity. We send the ritual in advance. So you can prepare. So yeah, anytime. Sign me up. Let us know. And one place that people can usually go, uh, Kelly and Wendy, I think you had mentioned this earlier, was I used to do rituals with local metaphysical and pagan shops in the area. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of those now. But that is a good place to go, typically. Uh, 
covens and magical groups, please advertise at your local pagan shops. And and if you're seeking a pagan shop or a local UU church is a great place to stop into and see if they have information on local groups that are practicing. Can I toss out my little plug about, you know, in a world where you can buy anything you want on Amazon and online supporting those local stores um, is critically important to being able to keep the community going. Yes, so yes, yes. I'm always willing to spend a little bit more for the seven day candles at my local botanical than I than I would be ordering online. Big plug for that. Absolutely. And Shell, like you said, we don't all have the luxury of being able to step outside of our workplace and go to 50 million different pagan shops. But you know, we do appreciate the ones that we have for sure. You know, you know darn well that payday on my lunch break is dangerous because I go walking. <laughs> Yeah. We want to thank Wendy and Kelly. Um, again, Circle of the Green, uh, Rochester, New York. If you are interested and want to connect with them, Layla will post contact info. Um, we're also going to post info for the website Mandragore Magic. Man- oh, God, Layla. I can't say this. Man- Mandragorica? Yeah, because uh, that was integral in me connecting with folks. So Layla will post links. And again, we want to thank Wendy and Kelly, wonderful ladies. And wow, keep it witchy, folks. <laughs>